Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Everyone, happy Friday! Thanks for joining us for another Coach Taku episode, and I'm super excited because we have our second guest.、Um, we have Robert Quang. Did I did I pronounce that right, Robert? <laughs> I just need to check because I hate when people mispronounce my name, so I just need to make sure that that's the way you, you pronounce it. You know what? It's perfectly acceptable, and I also accept Quang. It's、okay. either one is good. Thanks, Robert. Yeah. Robert is one of my closest friends. He's a magical, intuitive life coach, and I can't tell you how impressed and also just grateful I am to have him in my life as both friend and colleague. Because working with Robert is a magical experience, which I recommend that everyone try. Robert is also a big anime fan. He is. A musician as well. He's an artist and loves storytelling. So so happy to have him on the show today. And we're discussing a really, really deep, deep, deep、uh, anime today.、Uh, a silent voice, which you can find on Netflix. And I'll let Robert kind of go into the synopsis of it. Yeah. Thanks. I remember t- telling you as texting as we were watching. I was like, this is a great time to.、Uh, To be watching this right now, what a moment! But a silent voice for those of you who have not heard of the movie is a Japanese animated movie, and the theme does require some trigger warnings, content warnings. So at the top, I just want to say we just want to reiterate that there's subject discussions around suicidal ideation, bullying, childhood trauma, family of origin things, and. The movie itself does a beautiful job covering these topics, but as you will see, they definitely are very、um, upfront, <laughs> and they don't sugarcoat many of the experiences that definitely I know Mary and I just found very touching, and some of it resonated with us. So yeah, looking forward to it.、Um, and the animes. <laughs> And the synopsis: the Asylum Voice is about、uh, a group of classmates when a new student named Shoko is introduced to the class as a deaf student, hard of hearing. And one of the main characters, the other、uh, main character who is male, Ishida, begins to bully her, and you start to see how this dynamic. Of them constantly having conflicts with each other, and also maybe not entirely understanding why, you start to see how this affects both their,、um, I would say, their psyche, their relationships, and also specifically how they think about themselves. So the movie covers a long,、uh, spans quite a long time, I believe. They go into adulthood. And it follows primarily these two characters' journey, I would say, but also all of the people that were 
directly or indirectly affected or responsible with some of the things that came up. So the movie just follows this group of young people as they grapple with some pretty difficult and challenging issues. Yeah, thanks for that synopsis, Robert. And the coaching topic that we want to bring to this conversation is around completion. And I know that we've talked about completion in some of our other episodes, but for this one in particular, it kind of struck me as I was watching it because completion is is a practice, is a way that we can actually acknowledge, be grateful, and clear out the energy of how something has gone, an experience with another person, whether it's a romantic relationship, a familial one, or some other type of partnership, and kind of let go of the way that that experience has negatively impacted you in whatever way. It's kind of like an opportunity to reset and be able to create something new moving forward. So in this anime, we find a lot of incompletion like a lot of these characters haven't actually come to terms and haven't given themselves that space or grace to kind of reset. And then you see them coping in really weird, wacky, and sometimes harmful ways. So it's a really interesting conversation to have with this. I think um, completion is an excellent tool uh, that we can practice in many different areas of our lives, whether it's, uh, I know I've used it personally for how some of my relationships have gone. Uh, also, like if you're frustrated around work or something that went bad and there's like a really heavy emotion around it, completion is definitely a tool that we have access to that can help clear some of that space. So I want to start by looking at some of the characters. And before I actually go into it, anything you want to add to that? Robert, from a coaching perspective? No, I think that was beautiful, Mary. Um, Yeah, completion is probably, it may seem foreign at first as a topic to discuss or as a word to think about if you haven't heard it before, but completion is such a powerful concept in coaching to me, and I know to you as well. And yeah, that was just a beautiful summary. I'm definitely someone who thinks about completing um, the cycles of our emotions, the cycles of maybe even like our relationships or the way we relate to them and things like that. So I think it's just such a wonderful concept to dive into. And this movie, um, I think that's a, such a powerful theme in, buried in the movie because oftentimes some of these characters might assume that it's impossible that life will always be this way. And they still wind up navigating, how do I get complete with who I am and where I'm at? So this movie definitely challenged that quite a bit, as you'll see. (laughs) Yeah, so let's start out with my favorite character has like so many incompletions and that's Ishida. And he's actually the bully who at the beginning of the series, we see as this mean little boy and we don't like him because he's bullying a girl who has a disability and who's just trying to make friends and live her life. Um, And he just doesn't, he's not interested in the conversation. And as a result, uh, what happens is that Shoko ends up leaving the school 
And then he in turn is bullied for the way that he behaved around her. So it's kind of like karma in a really weird cyclical way, but it kind of makes them reflect on the experience that Shoko has. And it's almost like instead of saying, oh, I get it. And almost learning from the experience, he's almost beating himself up for it because he's punishing himself for the way that he treated this child. And now he says, I deserve this because I'm a bully because I mean, I deserve it to have have it go this way and you see him really struggling like he's not really moving forward he's just kind of isolating himself because he relates to himself as bad or mean or something that's not worthy of so when we see him in the future he's like isolated he has no friends he's also suicidal he's trying to work really hard to pay for like the um the hearing aids that he broke as a child that his mom had to pay for so you see him trying to fix all these things but without really kind of doing the inside work and looking at himself absolutely and Ashita is such a fascinating character because so full disclosure this is my first time watching it so I knew a little bit about the movie and knew that I was like oh this character I might struggle with his role in the movie basically but the the truth is if you look at it from like a child in middle school being incomplete based on his difficult um upbringing and some of the experiences that he's also faced and then some of the consequences that he suffers i was personally surprised with how much i actually related and empathized with his arc overall and it really was actually difficult for me to watch, even though you saw some of the behavior and the bullying that he was fully responsible for in the very beginning. And they don't hold back with the degree to which he seems so um, lashing out all the time. But the part that I, I will say that I personally related with is feeling like there's nothing you can do to uh, change anything anymore even as he's doing all these actions to make amends, he is sort of refusing, at least in the very beginning, the huge chunk of the movie, refusing to believe that he deserves to get complete and be able to move on somehow in his life. Um, he doesn't think he deserves it. And I did find that really touching despite his behavior, which was really interesting for me, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, you see him trying really hard, like really hard to have it go differently, but he's still not like creating the awareness that it's really not about the other people around him. It's about himself and the way that he's relating to himself in the story. And I think that's what the completion is able to help with. Like it is able to kind of release that negativity that he's holding on himself and say, oh, hey, like I'm actually not a dangerous person. Like, I can be a good person. I can be kind. I can be generous. I can be loving. I don't have to be the mean bully forever. And I think that's the part that he has trouble embracing until he opens up a little. Um, I think the first friend he makes is, oh my God, I'm going to get his name wrong. But it's it's, it's one of my favorite characters. The cast is long, y'all. Just say, <laughs> forgive us. <laughs> but he's one of my favorite characters. And I think that, connecting with him actually created started creating some of this difference and I think it's Nagatsuka 
Um, and I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, but I will double check it. And he, um, he is like the one that actually starts to say, Hey, I like you. I want to be your friend and you're a good person. <laughs> and I think that's what happened. That's like really what triggers this whole shift in Ishida in the beginning. What do you think, Robert? Yeah. And you know, this movie deliberately pulls, uh, like a, I guess I'm gonna call it a motif or something, a device that I've never personally seen before, which is they have a visual image for the main character refusing to believe that he deserves any sort of completion or being able to move on in any way, which is a mark huge X's on every character's faces and anybody that he encounters because he refuses to make eye contact, acknowledge other people because he doesn't, he believes he doesn't deserve to be acknowledged. And as much as, again, as much as some of the actions which I found to be pretty despicable, I also felt a lot of pain for this character, particularly you see some of his, again, these are middle school kids, I'll say that as well. So it's like, you see how much of a potentially lifelong impact something, you know, a group of 13, 14 year olds have found themselves in that continues to affect them for a long, long time. And I guess I will say that's the part that I really resonate with. And of course, it definitely comes up in coaching. How do we move forward when we're constantly grappling with this past? And for, for, the, big, for the male protagonist, it, he, has, he had a lot, but actually so, so does the person that he bullied, yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful segue to start talking about Shoko, who's the deaf girl who he bullied in elementary school and who is now we're meeting in high school. And I think so it's interesting because where Ishida is very apparent about the way that he's been affected, I think Shoko has a more um, quiet way of showing up and showing how all of this has affected her long term. And as the story progresses, I think where I pick up Shoko's incompletion is just the way that she's relating to herself as being harmful to the people around her. It's like her being deaf causes misfortune and pain for the people that she loves. And that's how she relates to herself. Even though if we look at the characters around her, that's not the way that they relate to her. But I think her incompletion shows up in the way that she's constantly apologizing for just being. And she doesn't get that. She's actually pretty cool and she's very sweet and she's a beautiful young girl, young woman who's like on the verge of discovering herself and creating a, a life. And that's what she's not seeing because of these incompletions that she keeps carrying. Yeah. And I think both main characters had arcs and developments that really surprised me, meaning like there was so much more than I was expecting. Um, when you, at the start of the movie, you might think this is just a movie about a bully and the person he bullied and, you know, dealing with struggle after that. But the truth is Shoko was a character that very early on, I would say because of her disability, um, even the audience can make some assumptions about her, right? She's quiet. She doesn't want to take up too much space. That is her, I would say, like the story she has about herself. Um, 
But it's interesting that it, 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 I found that they depicted her life in school as sort of more of a mixed bag. There were people who did want to actually uh, make friends with her, try to be accommodating and really get accustomed to having a classmate that works a little bit differently from them. But you also saw the other side, which is somebody like Ashida, who completely found this kind of change unwelcome. And I found that very interesting. I didn't feel like the film disempowered um, Shoko. And then later on, there was so much more depth to her than just being somebody, for example, who's hard of hearing. And that's all you get from her. But actually, no, she has a vibrant personality. She um, goes through a bunch of development, like she confesses her feelings for someone. She navigates discomfort and awkwardness. These are things that every kid and every human have experienced. And she, I found her to be just as relatable as Ashida. Um, and you see that there, there was, I, the two characters really moved me because there was so much, they didn't realize how much power and influence they had in their own lives and also their relationships. And the whole movie just comes to show, no, they're very powerful people. And if they don't accept that, there are consequences to that. If they just keep believing that they're just taking up space. So anyway, I love that character so much. Yeah, I mean, thanks, Robert, for that description. It's it's so on point because you're right. Like it does like their incompletions do hold them back from showing up as who they really are authentically. And I think what's beautiful about Shoko is that she's so generous and she has so much compassion because here she is years later when Ishida comes and says, please forgive me. And yes, you've rejected him like the first two or three times, but ultimately she opens up the door and says, okay, I forgive you. And this starts this beautiful friendship for both of them that ends like in her confessing very awkwardly and very funny, but also very authentically and so relatable because <laughs> I think we've all had moments like that in life where she's trying to express her feelings and it's really um it's really empowering to watch it's really fun to watch her journey but I think for Shoko like her real completion work started the moment that she also attempts suicide and it's Ishida who saves her and I think that's what actually triggers a stronger transformation for her because she realizes in those moments after how she needs to show up for herself and for him. So you see her not backing up from fights anymore, not being apologetic for who she is. She actually uh, calls one of the other students baka, which means fool or stupid in Japanese and you see her owning that part of herself in a way that we haven't seen before so you start to say oh here's this new Shoko who's not afraid of herself and it's not afraid to take up space and who's actually owning all of it which is pretty cool yeah 100% agreed and that scene that you're talking about um, where she tries to attempt suicide was such a powerful moment and I think I, it's it's hard to say but I, I would definitely say that that turning point for her is probably the reason why she got complete by the end of the movie 
because after that she had to suffer the consequences of her actions and also see that she can do some things about it. Um, even, you know, towards the last, I want to say the last act of the movie, you know, the um, Ashida is at the hospital. So during that time, Shoko is actually learning to be without this character that has affected her so much in her life and having to figure out how to make amends, sometimes fight, sometimes just forgive, sometimes just tolerate, but keep going with all of the other characters who also were affected by this incident, right? And that's when she was, she was just, she was just being a fully human person who is trying to navigate something that's not gonna be perfect. It's gonna be messy and she's gonna try anyway. And it's so funny that in this movie, I would say that's because of Ashida, who was her bully at the beginning of the movie. And yeah, we had feelings. <laughs> so many feelings, so many. So I'm proud to say that this is one I made Robert watch. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> Oh, uh, gosh. Well, I'm curious. To be clear, yeah. completion does not happen when you attempt suicide. <laughs> like, that is not what we are trying to state here. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that heavy. Completion actually takes form in many different ways. And I can share some of my favorites. And it, as trained coaches, Robert and I do have specific tools that we use with clients to um, take on completion work, but it can be as simple as journaling your feelings and emotions out, um, hitting something like a pillow, not a person, but a pillow or, you know, a magazine until you get the negative emotions out of your system. But the point of the exercise is really three point for me. And Robert, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this too. But for me, it's one, to acknowledge the emotions that are coming up for us. As disempowered as they may be. I don't like that person. I hate this. I, you know, you like anything to get those emotions out, get them out. This isn't about looking pretty or being nice or being compassionate. This is just about getting the emotions out. Two, taking responsibility for what's on your end. So what am I accountable for? Because in any situation, there are things that we could have done differently that we can look at, learn from, et cetera. And the last part of this is to express gratitude for the person, for yourself, for the lessons, for the beautiful moments. And that's the moment when you can actually breathe and say, I'm grateful that this happened. I feel like that's when you know that completion is there. There's no more like bad emotions and you can just let go of it. That's when I think you fully can embrace that completion. Yeah. And, you know, in our coaching work, we often say complete for now. We ask because this is not like a destination where you just become some like perfect human. Right. But it's almost making the commitment to say, hey, something's coming up. What do I need right now? And that's such a powerful question. And a lot of what Mary's talking about is ways, different methods and tools that we have access to, such as just writing it out, writing a letter to yourself. You know, there are certain exercises, journaling, 
talking to someone. Um, and to go back to your earlier point about that moment, that turning point, um, yeah, I would say it wasn't what she decided. It was the fact that he saved her life, right? That none of that, her life was saved and that was a turning point for her. So I just wanted to make that clear. But um, in the movie, you know, I will say, I will note one thing. They did not have any scenes that I saw where they were working with a counselor or a therapist. And that is a powerful, powerful tool. And um, if you have access to that, please go talk to someone, find support, find someone who can listen to you. Um, but in the movie, they did tackle many other things, such as, for example, your core friends, the friends who will be there for you, you know, your ride or dies, so to speak. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if we have time to cover every single, you know, side character, but the movie doesn't hold back and really diving into the nitty gritty of each character in some ways, their role, how they try to cope with the guilt or anything, the anger, and then also like how how are we as individuals going to deal with this one incident? And I would say the tool that they had that they actually managed to commit to is their, um, the fact that they genuinely care about each other and that at least I think they sort of understand how they're different from each other and why they're so different. So there are so many different tools, but yeah, I would say like friend, any support group, counseling, therapy, any sort of a partnership that can help you navigate these things. Yeah, totally. I mean, as coaches, we don't have experience that psychologists, clinical social workers do. Our tools are meant for um, those things that those events, experiences that we know that completion will work for. But if you find that you're having trouble getting past something, there are so many ways to get support. And completion is sometimes not something you can do on your own. Now, if you look at the anime, these kids had a lot of support with their friends, with their parents. And as people in this world, we have resources, not just with coaches, but with therapists, with counselors, with people in our community, with, you know, there are so many different resources. It's not sometimes a job that you can do by yourself and shouldn't be. And that's why we have partnerships. And, you know, Robert and I are, again, are both experiencing having these types of conversations. And if you're finding that you're struggling, please reach out for support. Like we're happy to help and go through some of these tools with you and see what comes up. And then we can also recommend, hey, maybe you do want to talk to like a therapist or a counselor. Maybe this requires a little bit more time and more diving deep. Yeah. Um it's, it might surprise people how often we're willing to say, hey, there's an, there are other types of partnerships based on this conversation. And that sometimes is something that a person with our background can offer as well. But the point is, you know, there are people out there who can at least listen and hold space and offer any sort of guidance or connection or you're not aloneness that I think all of these characters desperately needed and yeah, sometimes there are simple things that we can access, such as sitting down, writing, meditating. Mary and I are both uh, pretty into mindfulness and meditation. So yeah, just um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to hear people's thoughts about this movie because they 
there's just a lot to dive into. And, you know, we only covered a little bit, but it, it's a very good movie. Just, you know, uh, be prepared for some of the subject matters. <laughs> yeah, it's it really is a beautiful movie. Like I, I totally recommend it. Just be prepared as Robert says, make sure you're in the right headspace because it is a lot to take on. And remember that why we complete, it's just to clear out space for ourselves because look at what these kids were able to create once they cleared out some of that energy that was really holding them back. Ishida and Shoko and all these all these young adults created a beautiful type of relationship and connection in a way that they hadn't been able to before. So take that on, think about that, sit with it. If you want us to go into a part two about this movie and talk about some of the other fun characters that we didn't, please reach out and let us know. I'm sure that Robert would love to come back and talk about some of these characters. Oh yes, I have things to say, but they deserve their time for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And Robert, thanks so much for being on the show. And where can people find you if they want to talk to you, learn more about you and who you are? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, my coaching practice is just called Robert Kwong Coaching. Very simple. And people can find me on Instagram under that name. And um, I also have a website at robertkwongcoaching.com. And you should be able to reach me, message me, or schedule a conversation if you'd like. So yeah, hopefully that's simple enough for you. Yes, I'm also going to put on uh, Robert's contact information. It's in the episode description, so you can find it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we are welcome to your feedback, suggestions, thoughts. Can't wait for you to join us on our next episode. Thanks so much and have a great weekend, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Coach Talk. For subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Takupod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y, dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.